Is it my turn now? Yeah. <laughs> you sure? Right. You can find another song if you want. Yeah, it's okay. He doesn't like our singing. I love y'all singing. What are you talking about? I love to hear y'all sing. I think some of you should sing solo and some of you should sing tenor. Tenor more. Ten or twelve miles away. Ten or twelve miles down the road. Yeah. Down the road and so low nobody can hear you. We love you. I owe you. I oh, do. Not nice. Not nice? Okay, I'll refrain. Yes, but to the rest of us, it's pure torture. <laughs> All right. Hey, we can play, can't we? Oh, yeah. I happen to love the way y'all sound. Y'all sing pretty. There was a day when. There was a day when all I had was Jimmy. Oh. <laughs> if Gail didn't sing at all, Jimmy got good. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, starting out the month, we do it here every month. It's, we do our communion service every month. And it's, it's really to bring us in a realization of we need to communicate, commune with God every day. Communication is great, right? But communing with Him, that's a different story, isn't it? Yeah. You can communicate with somebody, but when you commune with them and you, you come to their you come into their presence and you know who they are, and you just feel it come together, how wonderful does that feel? So, the story behind the communion you know, that we do, it was the Passover time of the year when Jesus was being crucified. Y'all know that, right? And he wanted to have one less Passover meal with his disciples before he did what he had to do. So he called them together and told them to go find a room, fix the meal, and have it. And they were sitting at the table eating. At the end of the meal, Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed. He knew that what was going to happen that night, that he was going to be arrested. And he knew that he was going to be beaten. And he was going to hang on a cross. It's a very subtle subtleness the way he did this. He brought them all together and he, he fed them. And he told the disciples to do what they had to do. Whoever it was would train to do what they had to do. But he took the bread. And this big loaf of bread at the end of their meal, if you know the tradition of it, they didn't eat bread till the end. So he took the bread and he broke the bread. And he held it up to his father and he said, Dear Heavenly Father, this is my body. That will be broken for their iniquities. You know, that sounds silly, doesn't it? But his body was broken where we could be fixed. Isn't that cool? All of our all of our brokenness and all of our hurts and all of our pains and everything, this bread represents that. He said, take and eat of this. Now when you eat of that bread. What are you doing? You're eating his body. You're taking a part of his healing, aren't you? His brokenness. You're taking it in. You're con you're consuming it. And when you consume something, what do you do with it? Make it part of you. It's part of you at that point, right? What we just did is we consumed a part of Christ's body to become part of us. Isn't that cool? We don't walk alone anymore. Amen. We walk with God now. And then he took the cup. And that cup represented the blood, is what he told them. 
He said, this represents the blood that I'm going to shed for you. To wash away your sins. That's a pretty, pretty bold statement, isn't it? Because we got some sins in our life, don't we? Oh, yes. And he said, this blood washes away the sins. And he said, Heavenly Father, this blood represents the covenant that I have with them. And that their sins are forgiven. And he said, take and drink. And then he told him another instruction. One of the most important instructions he ever said. He said, do this and do it often. Now do we have to take that little plastic cup and that little piece of bread to do communion? It's a symbolism, so no, we don't have to have the bread nor the cup to do it. But if we think about sharing Christ in our life, taking His body on every day, and taking His blood every day of our life. Because how often do we sin? Every day. Every day. So we need to do it often, don't we? Some of us have to do it more often than others. But we all sin and come short of the glory of God. That's the whole point of this thing. So, with that, DJ, drop a beat for us. Let's sing some songs. Praise the Lord. Come on, girl. Am I old now? Yeah. All right. Good morning. Morning. Y'all take a seat. Where you want to take it to? Right where he's at. Just sit on it. Don't move. Brothers and sisters, this morning I am walking around here giddy. Oh yeah. I am walking around here on cloud nine. Pulled up this morning to the church, and there's a guy laying out there on the concrete back there by the wall. Walked back there and. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Oh, I'm trying to take a nap before I go to work. Okay, where you work at, Sonic? Okay, cool. I'll see you later. Turned around and walked off. Cowboy came in. I said, Cowboy, go check that boy out and make sure he's okay. They bring him, Cowboy brings him into the office and we're talking to him. And he starts talking about where he got to, how he got where he is. I've never run into a man that got kicked out of his home before for having a job. That's what he said. I'm just going by what he said. He found a job and got kicked out of his house. A little talking to him, we found out some more stuff about him. And of course, you know your pastor. I don't have any sugar on my lips, and I don't have any, I don't have any finesse about me. I'm pretty straightforward, and I just told him flat out. I said, "Man, you want your life to get better? Turn your life over to God." Amen. We talked a little while, and I was almost late for being in here because we were talking to him. But the end of the story, the best part of the story is when we walked out of that office, four men walked out. Four saved men walked out of that office. That's God's work, people. That is God's work the way God is supposed to work. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you want to continue that kind of work in your life, you can do it just as well as Paul, just as well as Cowboy, just as well as Jr. You can do it just as well as I do. And if you put your effort into it, you will reap the benefits from it. Amen. You will see people turning their life over to God. This is 2019. We live in one of the mess, most messed up times I've ever seen in my entire life. And there's only one cure for it. His name is Jesus. Like I said, I've never heard of a man getting kicked out of his house for getting a job. But that's what happened. 
They needed food stamps. <laughs> well, she she's still a student in school, and she needed him to stay home to keep baby where she goes to school. He got a job, he can't stay home. So she out the door. What? Messed up world we live in, guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> Messed up world we live in. Used to getting a job it was a rewarded situation. Yep. Right. Amen. <laughs> Paul came. Uh, Cowboy came in this morning. He said, what are you preaching on today? I said, Psalms. He said, which one? I said, I don't know yet. <laughs> I know it's Psalms, but I didn't know which one at the time. I knew he put the word Psalms in my heart this morning. Came up here and I stood behind this pulpit for a minute. And he gave me Psalms 147. And, you know, guys... I'm here to tell you something today. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you ain't got a life. Amen. If Jesus ain't in your life, you ain't got a life. All you have is an existence. You're existing to serve the devil. Oh. Pretty harsh, ain't it? If you ain't serving Jesus, you're serving the devil. If you ain't invited Jesus into your life, guess what? The devil still lives there. Oh, Jerry, you're being harsh this morning. Yes, I am. You ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till I'm done. I'm going to tell you something today. It's time to stop candy-coating Christianity. It's time to quit candy-coating God. God is not a candy man. He is a life-saving, love-bringing, salvation man. And if you can't turn your life over to Him, He's not going to force you to. He doesn't have a gun in his hand to put it to your head and make you do what he wants you to do. But I guarantee you one thing. There is coming a day, and it's coming soon, that you wish you'd listen. Because when it's all over with and the crying is done, and the begging is done, you're still going to hell. Because once he breaks that cloud, it's over. I wish there was some way that I could explain this to a lot of folks. There's some young folks in here that don't understand this. When that trumpet sounds and that cloud splits open, there's going to be a great big old sign across the sky. It's going to say, game over. Game over. <laughs> you gamers will know what I'm talking about. You people play video games. Y'all know what I'm talking about when it says game over? It's over. You don't get no reprieve, do you? You can start over somewhere else. But this game is over. I'm telling you right now, folks, the game over warning is flashing. Oh, I've heard that. I'm 65 years old. I've been, been telling that every Sunday for my whole life that it's almost over. Well, guess what, folks? If you've been hearing it for 65 years, you might want to think about this for a minute. It's getting closer every year that goes by. Every day goes by, it's coming closer, isn't it? Because, you know, this book has never lied about nothing. This book does not lie. And it says He is coming back. And now what day is He coming back? I don't know. The Christ, the disciples ask Christ, when are you coming back? I don't know. Only the Father knows. But I'm going to tell you something. One of these days, God's going to look over Jesus and say, go get my kids. Yep. 
go get my kids. And at that day, if your name ain't in the book of life, Jesus ain't calling you up. Right. He don't have a text message for you that day. He don't have a cell phone to call you on. Because your name ain't in the book. And if your name ain't in the book, guess where you get to go? Hell. You go to hell. You get to sit here and watch all of us sin. And then you get to watch the fire come around you. You get to see the brimstone falling. You get to see the earth split open. And hell come forth. You will see it. And when you see all that taken, when you see Christ up here and hell down here, your knees are going to bend. You're going to fall to your knees. And you're going to say, Lord, Lord. He's going to look at you and say, Too late, brother. Game over. Oh, that's a sad story. But you know what? Sad stories sometimes have happy endings, don't they? The good news is, oh Lord, help me, Jesus. Good news is, my Christ was born from a virgin. He walked on this earth and he did miracles after miracles after miracles. He taught and he preached the word of God. He did what he was supposed to do. And then he was betrayed by one of his beloved. He was hung on a cross similar to this one. And he died on that cross. His game wasn't over. He died on the cross, but his game wasn't over. They took him down from that cross and they wrapped him in cloth and they put him in a grave. They rolled a stone across the front of it. They were so afraid that somebody was going to steal his body and hide it and claim he was resurrected that they put guards on the door. put guards to guard his tomb. They were so afraid he was actually going to get up. Sometime in the early morning, that stone rolled back. The stone rolled back, guys. And Jesus walked out of the tomb. He arose on the third day, just like he said he would. Amen. Oh, but how do we know he did? How do we know he actually did? A lot of people saw it. For 40 days, people saw Him. They got to touch the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. They got to hear Him preach again. They got to see Him perform miracles again. And eat. And He ate food like a human being, not a ghost, so He was real. He had to think... He was real, guys. He walked around with His disciples and He went to the mountain. He stood on that hill and He said, I give you two new commandments to live by. Two new ones. Love your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And love your neighbors as I have loved you. And as you love yourself. Ooh, how hard is that? How hard is it for us to love God? But better than that, how hard is it for us to love each other? The way we love ourselves. Oh, you don't do the things I do, Michael. You don't live the way I live, Michael. I can't love you. You're not like me. <coughs> Tony, you're different than me and Michael. We can't love you. That ain't what he said, is it? He said, love them the way I love me. 
How much do I love you? I love me with everything about me. I may not be great to y'all. I may not be pretty to y'all, but I'm pretty and I'm lovable and I'm great. And I love me. I love me some JR. I used to not. I used to hate JR. I hated myself so much I put myself through hell and back. But then I met true love. I met Jesus. At my lowest, I met Jesus. And I learned what love was. I don't have to bust somebody in the head no more. I don't have to cuss somebody out for running out in front of me. I don't have to hate you because you're different than me. I don't have to hold grudges against people. I don't have to do any of that because Christ taught me how to love and be loved. A lot of times we ain't loved. We don't share our love because we ain't loved. <coughs> we don't think we are anyway. But when we accept Christ and He shows us how much He loves us, it changes our lives. Y'all ready for me to read the Scripture now and start preaching? Psalms 147. Y'all there? Amen. For it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and and fair. Praise is beautiful. The Lord built, builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the cast outs of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. He counts the numbers of the stars. He calls them by name. Great is our Lord, but mighty in power. And understanding an infant, the, the Lord... This up the humble. He cast the, cast the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise on the heart to our God who covers the heavens with clouds <laughs> and prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains, gives to the beast its food, and to the young ravens their cry. He does not delight in strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him and those who keep His mercy. Oh Lord, let's read another word. Everything I just talked about prior to this just got talked about, didn't it? Everything I told you about how to live was just written right there. It's written right there how we're supposed to do it. Cool, huh? So what is your question today? Where, where does your questions come from? What are you asking yourself today, right now? Am I living the way God intended me to live? Am I loving my brothers and sisters the way God intended me to love them? Am I loving my God the way I'm supposed to. How many of y'all are asking those questions? Come on, be truthful. Come on, be honest about it. How many of y'all ask yourself that question from time to time? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is God doing in my life what He said He would do? 
Sometimes God's not doing what He said He would do in your life. And you know why? Because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, you're saying i got to work for God? Yep. Is it? I was told that I ain't supposed to say yep because it ain't proper English. Yes. Yes, you're supposed to work for God. The Bible goes and further says that work, faith without works is dead. Is it work being a Christian? Is it work being a follower of Christ? If you ain't, if it ain't work for you, you ain't doing it right. I'll just be honest with you. If it ain't work for you, you ain't doing it right. Oh, but... It's easy for me. Okay, well, maybe you need to go a little deeper than where you're at. Right. Y'all be careful, girls. Thank you. I love y'all. We love you too. Bye, Brooke. Put her on the spot and make her wave at me. <laughs> you see, God's work for us is important. Amen. How important is it? Very important. We get through our struggles with our work, don't we? We got to start looking at life the way it really is. Being a Christian is not a bad word, folks. Being a lover and a follower of Christ is not a bad thing. We need to be devoted to it. We need to be not only devoted to it, we need to be addicted to it. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you need to bring God out in it. Oh, I, I know it's embarrassing sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes it's hard to look somebody in the face and tell them they're going to hell. They don't change. But it's a necessity to make them realize who God is in their life. If God's not in their life, we need to show them how to be there. Amen. We need to show them how to receive Christ. Oh, J.R., I ain't good at that. I don't care. You ain't got to be good at it. You ain't even got to be good if you practice at it. All you have to do is do it. Because I'm going to tell you a secret, guys. You ain't doing it. All you're doing is opening your mouth and God's falling through it. Amen. God's doing the work. Amen. All you're doing is standing there being pretty. <coughs> well, in some cases. <laughs> Ow. Ow, that hurt. Didn't it? <coughs> but you see, I left off on 15, didn't I? Oh, 12. Okay. 12. Okay, praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. And He fills you with the finest sweets. He sends out His command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. And he scatters the frost like ashes. He casts out His hail like yeah, morsels. You can stand before his cold. He stands out his word and melts them. He causes the wind to blow and the waters to flow. He declares his word is to his status and his judgments to Israel.
He has not dealt thus with this any nation. And as for his judgments, they will have not known him. Praise the Lord. There's going to be a bunch, 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 bunch of folks that don't understand what God's doing. There's going to be a bunch of folks that don't get that. Because there's a bunch of folks that got it that won't do their job. I'm going to say it again. There's a bunch of folks that got it that won't do their job. Oh, it takes courage. It takes courage to stand up for God, doesn't it? Does it? It does. It takes courage to stand up for God. Because you're going to be ridiculed. You'll be made fun of sometimes. One of the funniest things that anybody ever said about me was your long hair, your tattoos, your past, and your education. God can't use somebody like you. You know, that cut me deeper than any cut I ever had. It hurt me worse than getting shot. Crippled me. But then God came back. God came back on that night when I was hanging my head in that toilet. Hung out, strung out, beat up, broken. Give up on life. Just at the end of it. He reached his hand down. He said, remember me? You remember me, Jared? I'm the one that called you to do what I called you to do. Now get up. Get up off your knees. Get up out of that toilet. Get up out of your gutter. Get up out of your self-pity. And put yourself back on the path with me. And when I stood up and walked out of that room, y'all stuck with me. Amen. Amen. That's all I can say. Y'all are stuck with me because I ain't going back to that. God put His hand on me a long time ago and said, this is what you're going to do. How many of y'all in this room has God touched that way and you put yourself in a place where you don't want to be? Uh huh. Come on. Every hand in this room better be sticking up in the air. Because I know all of you. I got a relationship with all of you. I know you. My hand's up. But I'm going to tell you something. When I answered God's call the second time, my hand went down. And I don't care where He sends me. I don't care what He sends me to take care of. I don't care who He says I have to preach to. I don't care what He tells me I have to do to do it. If I gotta hobble around here on a sore hip, I'm gonna hobble around here on a sore hip. If I gotta do it off the back of a motorcycle, I'm gonna do it off the back of a motorcycle and enjoy it. If I gotta do it out of a seat of a Chevrolet pickup, I'll think God I ain't driving a Ford and keep on going. He anoints me and he anoints that truck. He anoints those motorcycles. And most of all, he anoints my life to where I do what God called me to do. Because if I had to do it on my own, trust me, I'd have stopped a long time ago. Because it ain't about me no more. It's about him. Are y'all glad of that? Are y'all proud of that fact that 
God can do things even through the worst of us. Now, I like, I'd like to go back and find that woman. I really would. And I hope somewhere down the line, YouTube videos or something like that goes back to her. And she realizes that her judgment on me was not a good judgment. But I am here because God called me here. You are here today because God brought you here. God don't make trash. God don't make imperfection. God don't make broken people. The devil lied to you when he said you're that way because God made you that way. No. That's a lie straight from hell. And if you continue to believe it, guess what? You're going to hell. Because my God don't make junk. It don't matter what you've done in your past. It don't matter what kind of life you've had or what you're doing today. It doesn't matter to God. What matters to God is, have you accepted Him as Lord and Savior? Your sins can be washed off. It don't matter how big they are. Or how little they are. Because let me tell you something. All you goody-goodies that never done any dope, never done anything wrong, never, never broke any of the rules... You're just as lost as we are. We just as lost. You just as lost as us old scumbag, dirty bikers. So I tell you that. You goody goodies are just as lost as we are until you accept Christ. That's right. Because God don't care if it's a sin or a great big one. A sin is a sin. And what was a sin a hundred years ago is still a sin today. What was a sin two thousand years ago is still sin today. What's going to be two thousand years from now, if we're blessed enough to still be here, is going to still be a sin. It's sin don't change and neither does God. Don't get yourself wrapped up in this stuff of we got to change the suit to times. You change the suit to times, you're going to hell. The Bible don't change. God's Word don't change. God's salvation doesn't change. The way to get to heaven doesn't change. You can talk to all these folks that want to tell you there's 15 ways into heaven. My book tells me there's only one way, and that's through Christ Jesus. He's the gatekeeper. He sleeps at the gate. Anybody climbs over the wall is a liar. And a thief and a robber. You can't get in there and stay by going in the wrong way. That's right. So what's the right way? Led by the Holy Spirit to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. If you're not led by the Spirit, you better get led by Him. Amen. You better start listening to Him. Because I know for a fact, He rang my doorbell about a million times. He knocked on my door. He even tried breaking out some windows every once in a while. Get my attention. It took a while. But I had to listen. If you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted Him as Christ. And I mean truly accepted Him as Christ. Called on Him to come and live in your life. I can't think of a better day than right now. I can't think of a better time than right this moment. The angels will rejoice when you come home. They will sing praise. God will jump up and down. And all of us are going to sing hallelujah, aren't we? Yeah. 
It doesn't matter if you've been sitting in here with us all along. See, I don't, I don't, I can't see your hearts. I can put on reading glasses and read a little bit better. I can put on contacts for y'all's safety while I'm driving. (laughs) And I can see a little bit better. But I can't look at your hearts and tell you if you accepted Christ or not. Oh, but Jerry, he says that you can see our fruit. Can I tell you something? Fruit can be copied. Fruit can be faked. You don't believe it. My mother had some fruit on her dining room table. That stuff stayed there for 15 years. Never rotted, never turned color, never nothing. It was plastic. But it was plastic. It was fake fruit. How many fake fruit Christians are there in the world today? You got to get off that fakeness and get on to God and get in with Jesus and get your life right. And today is the day, if you hear my voice, see my face, or hear me anywhere in this world, today is the day that you can accept Christ and walk in the fullness of God. It's up to you. You've had the invitation, you've had the offer. The Holy Spirit's knocking on your door. Are you going to take Him today? Are you going to ask Him into your life? I want every head bowed and every eye closed in this room. I don't want nobody looking around. Not even at your kids, not at your wife, not at your cousins. At nobody. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I really have Christ in my life? Have I really accepted Him on no uncertain terms? God is God and Jesus is my Savior. If you're sitting in this room today and you haven't answered that question correctly, I want you to do it right now. I want you to do it right this moment. Just raise your hand and say, I need Jesus. I need God to come into my life and fix me. anybody moving, so that tells me something right there. That tells me that everybody in this room is Christians. They're washed in the blood of Christ. It tells me that whether I want to believe it or not, that's what it tells me. And if you truly believe that you are saved, then you are. Now I'm going to hit you below the belt a little bit, so get ready for the shot. Here it comes. Are you doing what God called you to do? Are you living the way the Bible describes a man and a woman to live? Are you serving God or are you serving yourself? Are you doing what you, makes you feel good? Or are you doing what God makes, makes God feel good? Are you walking around in bitterness and brokenness all the time? Are you struggling with things that you don't need to be struggling with? Are you doing things that are not pleasing to God? Are you living the best way you can to please God? (laughs) I don't know where you stand on that, guys. I know some of you. 
Some of you struggle with the world out there still today. Some of you still have a little bit of ties to the old world out there. But that's okay. Because God's going to fix you. And God's going to work on you. And when God is pleased with you, man will be pleased with you. See, I had to do some work before God got pleased with me. But you know what? It's worth every bit of it. It's worth giving up that stuff. If you need prayer this morning for whatever reason, these altars are open. There's men standing around the room that will, answer, that will pray with you and talk to you about anything you need to know or any questions you have or just come in agreement with you if it's what God's will for to happen. I'm going to tell you something, folks. I may raise my voice a little bit more nowadays and I may seem like I'm a little bit harsher than I used to be. But it's because I love each and every one of you. And I don't want none of you to go to hell. What I'd love to see is when the devil starts taking account on his people, he ain't got nearly as many as he thought he had. And when God counts his people, I want him to be a whole lot more than he ever dreamed of. But wait a minute. God said he prepared a place for all of us. So he wants all of us. Who should we pick out to preach to? Who should we preach out to share our testimonies with? Who should we preach out to reach out to? Let me tell you something. Every human being on this planet deserves to hear the good news. The harvest is large, but the workers are few. That's what Jesus said. Are you willing to be a better worker today? Ask God to strengthen your walk. Ask Him to strengthen your service to Him. Ask Him to be with you more and more every day. Give Him praise and give Him honor and give Him glory in everything we do. Keep your heads bowed for a minute. Dear Heavenly Father God, I ask you to come into this room today. I ask you to bless these people coming and going. Father, I want you to heal their financial troubles. I want you to heal their cancers, their broken hearts, their arthritis, their broken feet. I want you to heal every infirmity that's out there. I ask you to heal each one of us in whatever we need. Father, I ask that you give us comfort in our families. Restore relationships in our marriages. Restore relationships with our children. Restore relationships with our neighbors. Father, touch each one of us the way you intended us to live. Go with us as we leave here today with joy in our heart, thanksgiving, and a little bit of happiness that we didn't come in with. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Everybody agree, Sid? Amen. Brother Les. Brother Les, are you back there? Oh, he is. I got something special. Oh, he got something special. Y'all listen. We serve an awesome God. Amen.
My brother Abel from Florida had cancer, triple bypass, I broke preacher. Anyway, God cured him of everything. Stopping, God uh, help y'all. Yeah. Now, I'm a nose. We can't stay here. Yeah. <laughs>